0: everybody, welcome back to our uh, second uh, edition here of uh, Spygate and uh, what's going on in, in the college football world. We're obviously Gridiron Uncensored, uh, kicking it with the grid, Trevor, Blake, myself, Brendan. Uh, it's, we appreciate you guys being here listening again. Uh, so since we uh, did our last episode, uh, there's obviously more leaks, you know, more info coming out from ESPN in there. Uh, they're crony. I mean, they're reporters. Uh, so you know they're they're letting people know what's going on with this Stallions guy, and the latest it, uh, information that has come out since we, uh, you know, said, well, there's really no hardcore evidence. Uh, wait till there's more evidence. Let's see what happens. This seems like a witch hunt. The whole thing still feels weird to me. Uh, but I guess Stallions has gone to over like thirty-five. Uh, football games over the last two years, or maybe he hasn't, uh, is the word it's, he's bought 35 tickets over the last two years to, uh, the big 10 and some, you know, uh, playoff contenders from the year before, uh, he buys a ticket and then transfers it immediately to somebody else. Uh, so we still don't know what is going on with it. We just know this dude's buying tickets, uh, a little rundown on stallions. Uh, He is a (laughs) silly to talk about. He's a lifelong Michigan fan, a super fan, if you will, his parents, I believe are, are both Michigan grads. Uh, So one thing, money is a thing that people are talking about here. How is he paying for these tickets? He's got a, he's got a wealthy family. He was also a, an officer in the Marine Corps, uh, you know, Navy grad. So he's got that going for him. And then on top of that, I believe his his parents support him pretty well too, because he let them know how badly he wanted to work for Michigan football. So while he was still in the core, this dude would spend his own money or his family's money. I don't know, traveling back and forth to Michigan football, uh, and would try to help, you know, around the campus and like all this type of stuff. Uh, would you know, finally got in somehow with the football program and, uh, you know, the coaches saw how how much he would work as an assistant. He he did he worked unpaid for the University of Michigan for I think up to five years, unpaid intern. Just he just did it on his own, while he was also in the military, which is which is wild to me uh, for how you know how much dedication this dude had. Uh, so that that was a big thing on, on him, and money obviously is a factor if you are traveling from you know where he lived in, in California to Ann Arbor <laughs> as an unpaid intern. Uh, and even before that, just go, to go to home games. Uh, so th- that's just a little backstory, but right now still, I feel like we don't know anything concrete. It's all just, uh, you know, Hey, these are leaks. This guy went, bought games for, uh, you know, tickets for a lot of people or, uh, you know, he had a play sheet in his hand on the sideline. Well, yeah, he works you know, as a decipher, that's literally what they hired him for. That was on the job description. There's nothing illegal about sign stealing. The problem, again, is did he record people? Did he have people record for him? And so we don't, we still don't know. Right now, the NCAA is uh, supposed to get into Michigan later this week to actually talk to uh, Ward Manual and Harbaugh. So we will see what happens. I'm sure there's going to be more leaks uh going ahead this week because boy it's generating a lot of talk a lot of clicks a lot of traffic so we'll see Well, boys any anything on this before we drive on
1: i mean there's not much, not much to say really because it's a bunch of bs at this point like there is nothing Look, we're talking i i i know this is going to sound like a very biased uh place to reference but the winged talent I, I i like listening to those guys and i like listening to what they have to say i feel like they even though that they are you know obviously they support michigan football um i feel like they take a pretty unbiased point of view when it comes to right and wrong and things like that and they they said look we're talking about a private citizen buying football buying tickets to go to football games whether he used them or not maybe look What he does with his own purchases is his own business. Now, if he was going, if he was buying these tickets under the instruction from the people that he was, you know, from Michigan football, that's a different story. But it would require stallions to verbally say, I bought those tickets under the instruction of what to do with the said ticket or whatever. It requires so much. To prove what they are being, what he's being accused of doing for Michigan football, that like I feel like everybody has blown this out of proportion until there's something to actually talk about, because it is. I don't know. I don't even know the word because I mean the NCAA doesn't have the power to subpoena. This guy for like and him to like swear under oath what what why he was purchasing so many tickets, it doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, again, sign sign stealing isn't illegal. Uh, Just it's again the way he's doing it is is the thing that's in question and how high this goes, this money trail. Uh, You know, Twitter found the, the Venmo receipts. So this guy wasn't even trying to hide it, you know? It was all it was out in the open, and that's what to me is very strange about this. If you're doing all this and you think you're, you know, it's illegal, don't you think you would hide it a little bit more? I mean, to me, I know people are saying this dude's stupid as hell, he's an idiot. He very well might be. I don't know, but to me if you're cheating, you would try to really hide it better, not use your name, not leave receipts, especially Venmo where everybody can see that. Uh, I mean, I, I, really don't know, are they just trying to operate in the most gray area? Everybody knows what's going on and their lawyers and whoever compliance department tells them, Hey, this isn't an issue, go ahead. And they did it. And now everybody's hearing about it. They think it is an issue. And then it's just a battle of both sides really rivals, uh, cause nobody else seems to give a damn. None of the coaches that are, you know, commenting on it care, uh, Said, unless, yeah, he's filming, then there's there's something wrong there. But sign stealing, we're, we're not worried about that. People are blowing that out of proportion.
1: Happens all the time. Yeah, exactly uh, right. And I really do hate the fact that I'm about to do this. But Coach Prime made a very, very valid point in his presser that he was asked about this pretty pointed question about it and how he felt about it. And his simple answer was, you still got to stop it. Or you still got to play through it. You could know that I'm going to be running a sweep, but at the end of the day, the other players have to stop it. If my team's execution of the play is better than your defense's execution of the play, my team wins. It's like, I mean, and he, he, it's a very valid point. Like, so knowing the signs and the teams to their credit, are good enough, and most of these coaching staffs are good enough, to switch some signs up a little bit or do faux signs on certain things that they have been using for a while just to change things up to see. And I just think this whole thing, like you said, is blown out of proportion. Yeah,
0: and again, we'll see what happens. And the biggest thing for me is you got to stay you know, objective to everything that's going on uh, taking the information yes it's it's easy to you know for us we're you know trevor and i are michigan fans try to defend them and i trust jim harbaugh like he the way he speaks the way you know he talks about his faith and all that i trust I i trust the man i don't know uh but when it comes down to the facts and whatever again we'll, we'll see what happens if they did if they did something absolutely illegal then they deserve to be punished you know but uh until then, I'm going to just keep on chilling, man. You know, what can you do about it and uh, stop blowing this out of proportion until there's some more credible evidence. Uh, so that that's our, our point of view from it. Uh, again, we'll keep an eye out. If we hear anything, we will report it. All right, so we're going to get out of there and, and get on to uh, some football talk for this year Uh playoff picture. That that's a question from one of our followers and listeners. Uh, he wanted to know what we what our thoughts were on the current playoff picture. If the season were to end, you know, what what's it looking like? Uh, who do we think is going to get there? So I guess I'll go I'll go first and I still feel like right now Georgia out of the SEC has the best chance to come in at number 1. Bama's coming in hot with their defense. I still have questions for the offense, uh, the SEC. Now, Missouri has, in my opinion, the best chance of knocking them off. And we're going to see that real soon. So if they win, then, I mean, you're most likely looking at Missouri versus Bama or LSU in the, uh, in the SEC title game. So I, I really don't know. SEC, though, I feel like Georgia is just a little bit more complete, but we're going to find out. Uh, to number two, I got Michigan. They, they could easily be number one uh, at the end of this, uh, but I, I feel like they beat uh, Penn State and Ohio State and whoever represents the West in the Big Ten championship. I've, I've got Florida State at number three. Just when I, I look at their remaining schedule, I think that they can make it work. Uh, they're going to play you know, a good team in the, the conference championship game, so if they win that, that should help jump them in. And then I got Oregon out of the Pac-12. I I feel like they're going to win out and beat uh you know probably Washington in the in the conference championship game. I think if they played each other again, Oregon wins that most times. So that that would be my picks: number five, Texas; number six, OSU would be the first two out.
2: And mine is a little similar. I would go Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, but I've got Oklahoma getting squeaking in to the top four and then my first two out would probably be it's going to come down to Oregon or Washington out of the Pac-12 I'm like you I think Oregon's playing really good football and you know we've said time and time again they play Washington five times they're going to win four out of five so I would put uh, probably Oregon and Washington as my first out, one of those two getting in. And then if Ohio state's only loss is Michigan could be a year where we see a, a one loss big 10 squeak in there without a conference championship. It's happened with the sec twice now or three times now. So it might finally happen for the big 10.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would, it's not like it's unprecedented that, uh, uh, even like uh, the one one year where I thought thought Ohio State wasn't going to squeak in, and they cer- certainly did squeak in. Um, even though they lost to Michigan, but I mean, it's I don't know, but I mean, I'm with you guys. I mean, I still think Georgia's just going to be there. It's gonna, it's probably going to happen for them. I just. I don't think that they necessarily come out of the semifinal game, personally, but um, but I do think they make the playoff. And I am I'm with pretty much everybody on Michigan too. Uh, I think that I think that three, number three, would definitely be Oregon. I don't think FSU is going to climb to three. I don't. I just I think the ACC is a little bit too weak for them to be put up above some of these other teams and how the other conferences are performing. I just think that Oregon's going to be the number three team, so it's going to be Michigan, Oregon, and then I think Georgia and FSU, assuming FSU wins out. Because if they they even have one little hiccup, I don't think a one-loss FSU is going to be able to, I don't think they're going to be able to uh, overcome that and get into the playoff. Oh, and then it's probably Oklahoma first one out for me. Assuming their uh, seasons goes the way I think it's going to go, and then I think Ohio State will be right there too. Um, but there, like Blake Blake mentioned it, there is a possibility that a one loss Ohio State team whose only loss is number two Michigan that they they somehow find pay enough people to jump everybody. Um, hell, they'll probably be number one at one loss with everybody else undefeated.
2: And about Oklahoma, originally I had, you know, Texas actually went in the Big 12. But I think with Quinn Ewers going down, it depends on how long he ends up being out for. I've read mixed things. I've seen two weeks. I've seen four weeks. I've seen he's out for the rest of the season. You know, I just, I don't know. I don't know if Texas has actually put out a statement on how long he's out. I haven't seen one if they have. But uh, so I'm going with the lengthiest one being the most likely. Um, I think they said it was an AC joint. And from what I've seen, most people say it's four to six weeks on average. But uh, so if he's out for that, that's where they're going to get a lot of teams, you know, throwing the kitchen sink at him because that's a prime time to take down a team when they're without their leader. And if they end up going <clears throat> to the – Big twelve championship without him having to face Oklahoma, I don't think they could get it done again. And uh or well to begin with. And about Alabama not being in my top six, I don't trust our offense enough. Now they may show me something different in the LSU game. You know, if if Jared had have asked us to do this next week, it would or well the week after, it'd be a lot clearer to me. If I could see Alabama against LSU's defense, it would make me a little more confident in trusting their offense. But as we stand now, I have zero faith in Jay Lemuro to win a big game for us.
0: Yeah, I, I think all that is fair uh, on all fronts, guys. And honestly, I totally forgot that Ewers was out. I've got it in my notes for the game, but during this con- destruction discussion we were doing it live doing it on the fly uh no preparation here so we're just like you know kind of ideas i totally forgot yours has had that injury uh so yeah i'd probably go with oklahoma would be the favorite though i do worry about them this week and we're going to cover the game uh that oklahoma is playing uh but yeah i don't know i worry just a little bit about them um so we'll, we'll see what happens. Any guys, any more thoughts on uh, you know playoffs or uh, Michigan or anything before we get into breaking down the games?
1: Just a quick clarification, because I know, I know, there's a certain someone that's going to say it. I under- fully understand what I just said means that uh, undefeated Florida State would get jumped by a one-loss Oregon. I understand what I'm suggesting. I just want you to know, I still think that there's a possibility. And I, ju- I want to emphasize this, buddy. A possibility. I don't necessarily think it's for certain, but I do think that or uh, the best chance is uh, an Oregon winning the Pac-12. And they would the, the Pac-12 championship this year is m- holds more weight, in my opinion, than the ACC championship. But that's just – just wanted to give a quick clarification on how I know that putting Oregon ahead of Florida State, I know how that could rub some people the wrong way since Oregon has lost this year.
0: So I'll say on that, uh, I get what you're saying, and I I could see the committee doing something like that, especially with how the rest of the ACC shakes out. Uh, Clemson's not going to get back in to the top 25 most likely. Though so they're a good team, they they have their failures, especially on the goal line. So they're done. I, I don't see them getting back in that top twenty-five for a big win there. Um, UNC has the ability to, but after last week, I mean, you know, um, Louisville and Duke are the last remaining ones, right? That are that are ranked currently. Duke is very good team, but without Riley Leonard and a passing threat, you know, their their defense is going to get you know, ex- exhausted. And then Louisville, I think there's
1: a potential for maybe Miami to pop back into the top 25. Maybe. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's, that's probably. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they might, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to finish out, but I, maybe the, maybe the committee does it. I still think they'd have enough to get in personally. Uh, I still think Oregon slides in as a one loss and would be the best one loss team looking at it. Yeah. I, probably Oregon if, if it plays out the way I think it does. So we shall see, though. It's, you know, it's kind of tough. Let us know your thoughts uh, on playoff, you know, picture whenever you guys want, you know, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and, and jump into these games here. It's not a elite week when you look at, you know, like big marquee matchup, but there, I think th- these matchups are still pretty fun. They're, there's a good grouping. So, some of the spreads are still pretty big considering, but it's not a bad week, you know, at all. So, we're going to start off. We got uh, number six, Oklahoma playing at Kansas. And this is one, again, it's kind of like the Cam Rising thing. You know, Kansas has been without their starting quarterback most of the year, uh, and Jalen Daniel. And he's a great player, but he's got these back spasms or whatever's going on with him. Uh, he's, you know, he's just, he's not playing. He's hurt. So the word is still out about him. It's doubtful that he's going to play. So we got my, my favorite player in the league, old bean, you know, he's, he's, uh, coming in at quarterback for Kansas again. He hasn't had a horrible year, uh, to be honest, you know, it's just, it's not the same. Uh, so we're looking at this game. It, it's a, a, 10 point spread in favor of Oklahoma. And really it's gonna be how does Oklahoma uh rebound this week after a struggle game with UCF? I mean, that was down to the wire. Um uh, again, how will Bean play this week? And then uh we got uh, the Kansas defense really's gotta work on containing Dylan Gabriel. So that, that's the that's the biggest things for for this game from my perspective.
1: Yeah. And oh, OU. Uh they have a good opportunity to take the take the take this game away from Kansas right away. I think. Um, I think with not having Kansas leader Kansas's lead, leader in Daniels, I just I have a hard time believing that they're going to be able to sustain an offense against that O.U. defense. Um, but. I think this kind of goes back to last week, where I kind of said something, some something to that effect about the Utah Utah not having their not having Cam Rising and going up against you. So I'm just like, you know, at this point, I don't even know what's going to happen. Um, beans gonna, you know what? Beans just gonna have the game of his life. He's gonna be cooking with hot beans and just freaking throwing it up and down the field on OU. Like, they aren't even in the game. Ah, so that's probably what's going to end up happening. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like this is a prime example of what could possibly happen, just like ha- what happened last week with Utah. We're saying that, oh, their offense is lackadaisical. All of a sudden, oh, wait. They finally decided on the actual quarterback to replace Cam Rising for the rest of the season, and he just goes out there and balls out and takes down USC. So – I think it's a possibility. It's always a possibility. I think Kansas has enough talent to kind of play with these guys to a certain degree. Um, but I mean, it kind of goes back to everything else. Can the Kansas defense really stand up to that OU offense? And that, I mean, that'll be the whole story. If they do that, they they, they give themselves a chance for sure.
2: Yeah, I actually really like Oklahoma in this situation uh, last week with the UCF game I think there was a factor in that game almost like a revenge factor with Dylan Gabriel's history at UCF you know they they just played as hard as they could and gave Oklahoma all they could handle but I look for Oklahoma to rebound really hard against Kansas and I would be scared if I was a Kansas Jayhawk I feel like it's going to be a blowout
0: I mean, it, to me, this is definitely one of those that Kansas isn't going to blow them out. It, it's either going to be a super tight win or Oklahoma, like Blake said, is going to just turn them to mush. It, it's it's only those two ways. There, there's no three-way on this one. So, yeah, I, I look forward to this one. I, I, like, the, I like the matchup. Again, 10-point 10, 10 spread in favor of uh, the away team there, Oklahoma. Uh, next one up, this one's kind of... Meh, you know, like, meh game. Clemson at NC State. Clemson is a 10-point favorite. But with the way Clemson's been playing, I, I put this one on, I'm on picking after looking at it, because there's a, there's a couple other games that were not bad this week. But I, just the way Clemson's playing and finishing games, NC State's not great uh, this season. Uh, Armstrong, Brandon Armstrong's been having a really rough year. <laughs> <laughs> and just to say the least. So threw it on here just because I think there's a chance. It's, there's projected rain. Uh, last week, Clemson couldn't run. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm curious to see how this one's going to go. Club has got to make better decisions. Uh, and then NC State, if they can get a ground game going, you know, hope to, hope to God for no rain in the first half. I have no idea. So that's why I threw this one out here. I think it's a rando game. And uh, anybody could win it.
1: Um, I really hope the Wolfpack pull this off because that would just be the nail in the flipping coffin for Clemson, and that that excites me greatly. <laughs> oh man! Um, but in all honesty, I really think that I know you guys say it way more than I do, but I think Clemson's better than what their record shows, um, a little bit to a certain degree. They're certainly more talented than NC State's roster, um, which, I don't know, lately it doesn't seem to matter how talented the roster is because it feels like people just are going to get – there's so many players that nobody really knows about that are just as good as some of these other big-time players that are on these bigger schools. So, yeah, but I think there's a chance. i just not so confident in uh, – NC State uh, keeping it close enough to cover that spread. I just don't – I don't see that happening, to be perfectly honest with y'all.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Clemson, it's it's coaching this year. Something's not right with, with coaching. They're just not playing like a, a Davo sweeney team. However, with Sweeney, I think he just got lucky two or three years and just got some really talented players – at Clemson back when he had uh it started with Todd Boyd back in like two thousand what 14, 13, 14 area, somewhere in there. Then he got Deshaun Watson and then Trevor Lawrence. He just had really good quarterbacks and his system works with a really good quarterback. That's his issue. He does not have a really good quarterback. Klubnik's okay. I wouldn't even say he's a game manager. He's like uh, if Drake May got hit by a car and lost use of the left side of his body and had like minor brain damage or something, you know, that's kind of how I feel about Club Nick. Uh, Will Shipley, I, I do think he's a solid running back when he gets going, but you know, he really struggled last week to get going and they lost the game. If they can tighten up, holding on to the football and not having unnecessary turnovers, you know, I wouldn't worry at all about Clemson. You know, they're they're probably a one loss or undefeated, you know, if they they didn't have the turnovers they've had. So you got to look at that just like you look at, you know, Arkansas, most of their losses are by seven points. So it's like, are they really that bad of a team or are they just losing really close games? And that's kind of how I feel about Clemson. They've got the talent; they're just losing really close games because they can't hold on to the football. So I like them against North Carolina State just from a talent aspect. But you know, if you turn the ball over multiple times, anybody can run with you.
0: Yeah, it's <clears throat> that's very true on, on that, and I believe it's five goal line trips. Uh, each one's ended in a fumble for Clemson this year. And uh, I mean, you look—you just look at that, and and then the fumble against Florida State, which led to to a victory. They just got to clean it up, like you said. It's just been off. It's just not—it's as, as crisp as their operation has been. So we'll we'll see what Clemson does. I do—I think they've got an edge here for sure, talent-wise. But uh, again, th- this one feels feels funky to me, especially if if there's rain, uh, like the forecast is saying. Uh, next one, moving on. This is probably the biggest game of the week out on the East Coast. Uh, West Coast, obviously, you got a you got a big one out there. But UGA in Florida, this is really Georgia's first test. And no, Auburn was not a true test. They're they're not a good offense. They've got a solid defense. It wasn't Auburn. You know, I got it. It's rivalry, but it's no. Kentucky was not a test. They never were. People hyped them up. After that big ground game against Florida, uh, you know that Kentucky had, but there we we knew that they weren't going to be able to pass it, and Georgia's going to lock onto that. This is this is the first test, really, offensively for Georgia, and I never thought I would say that coming into this season. Well, I guess I can't say offensively because they did play South Carolina. Their offensive line's trash, but Spencer Rattler had been dealing all season. Uh, but I'll, I'll go back to Florida. And I never thought I would say this about them, but Mertz has been playing really well. He's led the team well. Uh, So, I mean, this is a chance for Florida, if they play a good game and they play a clean game, that they could go in and upset Georgia. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think so just yet. But, uh, I mean, it's very possible. Uh, Really, it's going to come down to Georgia, how they start off coming out of the bye week. And uh, Carson Beck being able to get those early first downs against uh, Florida's defense. Florida's defense has to contain the run, which uh, exposes them to a pass, but they they cannot let Georgia do what Kentucky did to them. Uh, and then, of course, Mertz play perfect. That's what I got on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a, a kind of an exciting game because I feel like we've been talking about this game for a few weeks now, as far as just saying like, we're looking forward to not necessarily on the air here, but like we've been talking amongst ourselves, like UGA and Florida is really the first time that we're going to actually take a look, good hard look at how UGA handles playing Florida and vice versa. How, how Florida, if they have any success on the, uh, against UGA and potentially pulling off the upset, because it would be a bit big upset what think of what you will of UGA, but the, if Florida beats them, it's a huge upset. It doesn't – because I still think that UGA out has way more talent than Florida does. I think Florida has some game breakers, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. They got some really, really good speedsters on that both defensive and offensive side of the ball. Um, and for the first time, I think, you know – at least a couple of years I feel like they have a very a veteran quarterback that could potentially handle that environment. And so that that's why I'm excited to see this game is a veteran quarterback going against UGA with with the weapons that Florida has and seeing how they navigate all of it. It really will it really will come down to Florida's offense and if they can put points on the board. Because if they can't, obviously if they can't do that, obviously they're not—they're not, they're not going to win. But shocker, there! If you don't put points on the board, boys, you don't win.
0: Easy but, there, uh, John Madden.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, um, I'm really—I'm—I'm I'm actually really excited about this game, though, uh, to see how it all plays out.
2: Yeah, this will be a uh, a, a good game to watch here. I'm excited to see Georgia finally play somewhat of a team with a pulse. Not that Florida's good, but they've got better athletes than any other team that Georgia's faced this season. But I I really believe that Georgia is a very good football team. I think they're going to go in and flex. I don't think it'll even be a game. Uh, They've got to quiet the noise. They've got a lot of critics out there that's been bashing them. You know, their schedule's made years in advance, and if you went back five years or ten years, their schedule would actually be solid because typically Auburn and South Carolina are both top 25 teams, really good. You know, so if this was like 2016, 2015, it's a different conversation. You know, the schedule's just weak this year because their conference has been weak this year. But I still like them. Carson Beck, like I brought up a couple weeks ago, He's like fifth in the nation in passing or sixth in the nation in passing. He's up at the top for a QBR. He's been a much better quarterback than a lot of people have given him credit for. He just don't have the numbers like your Michael Penix and such. And, you know, he's no Drake May or anything, but he's still a really good quarterback. I think he'll prove it Saturday.
1: Yeah, <laughs> always throwing those darts. <laughs> you Gotta oh, be no, consistent, man. You gotta stay down, consistent. I I'm hoping one of
2: those darts hit that neck vein of yours, be popping up.
0: <laughs> Damn, that's a bit, that is that's a large vein there, buddy. Uh, but uh, to Blake's <laughs> to, to Blake's point uh, about Georgia, I, I obviously we're gonna make our picks at the end here. Uh, but the, again, like what they did to Kentucky, Kentucky came on the radar. They were ranked for you know for their reasons, and Georgia came in and blasted them. Uh, so how, you know, are they just not you know getting up for these games, or are there are there weaknesses in the, in this team? Uh, so we'll we'll see. But I, I'll say Florida's got a solid offense. Their defense worries me with how much they've given up on the run game.
1: Hey, Brandon, real quick. I think you said it, but what was the spread on? What did they give the spread on this one again?
0: Oh, yeah, my bad. This one is a uh, 14.5-point spread in favor of Georgia. So, I mean, they're, you know, favored by going on three scores. Yeah, so we're going to get on to the next game here. Uh, BYU, number seven, Texas. Uh, Texas, they're 17.5-point favorites. Um, To me, this is a game that, BYU has definitely got a chance now that Ewers is out. Uh, if Ewers was here, I, I, don't, I don't think it would necessarily be uh, closer of a game. But, I mean, Ewers is a good quarterback. BYU's played some, some weird games this season, barely made it past T, uh, Texas Tech. They got blown out by TCU, who has been blown out by P- – Pete. It's just a, I don't know these teams, and the Big 12 is going to be one, like we've said going forward, that the whole middle section and maybe the bottom, the middle, even up to the top, they're all just going to beat each other, and you're not even going to know who the hell these teams are, it seems like. So th- this is a team, BYU, they, I think they've got, got a chance here to, to make an upset. I know the spread is large, but going into this game, BYU always plays tough, even if they're down. This is one that Texas needs to really be careful about, and uh, you know, obviously that game last week, another scare. So watch out.
1: Did they have? They has Texas even uh, announced who the starting quarterbacks actually going to be? I forget. Okay, I get. Uh, I don't. I don't know his name. So I was. Just, that's yeah, I'm legitimately asking y'all if you. I think it's like
2: Malik something. Hold, on, I'll pull it up. Yeah, they they put it out actually a couple hours ago uh, that. Who it was going to be? Uh, let's
1: see. Because I mean, as of earlier this afternoon, I didn't see anything on who the who the starting quarterback was going to be. Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy. Don't know mm. anything about you, Malik. So I'm going to go out on him and say he might be a more more of the mobile quarterback type. I don't know. He is. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean. Yeah, he
0: he's a. He's got a hell of a stature on him, though. He's he's a big quarterback.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So, we got a Vince Young repeat. Okay. They're coming. So
0: <laughs> Tuck isn't, though. But, Probably I mean, not anymore. Not but, anymore. So, go I ahead, boys. I hear you
1: on BYU, man. I hear you on BYU, but I'm still not going to buy it. Because even without yours, they still have a really good football team over there at Texas almost across the board. And that defense is going to be something fierce against BYU. So I, I still think Texas should be the favorite, even without Ewers, But uh, but that's just me.
2: Yeah, I, I think Texas will be fine without him. Uh, just hitting real quick on Malik Murphy. He is 6'5", 240. He was in the ESPN top 300. Number nine overall quarterback out, of and he was out of California. He was rated the number fourteen player overall out of California, and he was a four-star commit to Texas. So I, I would have confidence in him. That's a big son of a gun right there, definitely cornbread fed, and uh, very fitting to play at Texas. But yeah, I don't, I don't see much of a threat from BYU. But then again. <laughs> You don't know this year. This year's just been so many back and forth, toss-ups, teams you would never expect to pull an upset or pull in these upsets. And I don't know that it's so much that these teams are good as it is. I think we're at a stage in college football just where it's hard to get today's kids up for games like this. You know, you go back 15 years, the goal was to go undefeated and – you know, win the season. Now, you know, you can, for the most part, you can suffer a loss if you're in the right conference and still get to the post the, uh, the playoffs. And I just think it's, it's harder to get today's generation up for games that essentially don't matter.
1: I 100% agree with that. I 100% agree with that, dude. And, yeah, like you said, uh, especially next year, all these kids that are like, "Oh, we can do one loss and still get in the playoff." Next year, it's a real thing because we got so many more teams that are going to be in that playoff. So, I, you you might be onto something right there. It might even get worse next year, where these uh these quote unquote cupcake games or uh, less important games may even become even less appealing if they think that they can afford a loss or two. And still be okay to get into the playoff.
2: I don't think after this season, the odds of seeing undefeated teams in the playoffs are very slim. For the most part, you're probably going to be seeing two and three lost teams going, you know, to the final rounds of the playoffs.
0: I definitely think it's possible to get a three loss in a twelve team play, playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously they're doing this. <clears throat> uh, six conference champions are going to get auto bids. Uh, one of them is going to be the uh, group of five champion, like whoever the best ranked team is in the, uh, the group of five. So this year, right now, it'd be Air Force would get in. Uh, but then you are at large bids. That's the ones that are going to be the the three loss. And uh, I'll say this too with the conference expansion. And uh, you know, all that, you're you're gonna get a lot tougher matchups in the regular season too. So you're gonna see, you know, maybe talking about what Blake's talking about, maybe some of these kids are, you know, uh, you know, not able to to get, you know, motivated for these games. I could see that to a point. Uh coaching culture is big on that too. Uh if if you can't get, you know, players to your school that aren't, you know, excited to play games, then you're probably doing the wrong thing on recruiting. Uh but yeah, you know, when it comes down to the the schedule moving forward, it's going to be really tough to go undefeated in any of these major conferences. Uh, I I think that maybe closer games, a lot bigger games. Uh, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with with that moving forward. But uh, yeah, I, I think Blake could be onto something here, and it's going to boil down to coaches recruiting and telling these kids to kick rocks if they're not ready to play. Because I guarantee you, there's a lot of kids that are play in high school that have the heart and want to, but they don't get the name recognition. They're not as, you know, maybe gifted athletically. Maybe you'll see that type of recruiting happen. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's an interesting uh, topic, I think, to, to talk on, though. Uh, moving on, uh, getting into the out west game, the, the huge one out there, number eight, Oregon at number 13, uh, Utah. And Oregon is six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Again, Utah no cam rising, but that didn't seem to matter last week. Barnes, the pig farmer, he went out, and he he crushed him, and he, he had a really good game. He was he was strong. Um, Oregon, obviously, they had a rough finish against Washington. How are they going to come uh, into this game? They they did really well on the on the ground last week against Washington State. Uh, Bo Nix is still playing well. Oregon's got everything going for him. The question here again is Utah. Their defense, we know, is very good. But how is that offense going to handle an Oregon defense, which is much better than USC uh, in their defense? So that's the biggest questions to me
2: right there. Well, not only is Utah's defense very good, Utah in general is very good at home. They don't lose many games at home. But Oregon has everything to prove here. I have faith in Dan Lanning. I have faith in Oregon's offense. They have not been shut down this year. And no, they haven't faced a defense like Utah. But typically, you see teams, especially this season, they've struggled against lesser teams. And I just haven't seen that out of Oregon. I haven't seen anything slow them down. Not to say that won't happen Saturday. But if I was a betting man, I would put my money on Oregon right now. You know, But the way Barnes played against USC – Kind of has me wondering, you know, upset alert maybe for Oregon. I mean, Utah can for sure get them. I just don't know that they've got enough. Oregon's going to score. That's just going to happen. And I don't know that Utah can put enough points up to keep up with Oregon because they also have a good defense too.
1: Yeah, 100%, dude. And to speak to the defenses, we're talking about comparing a, an Oregon defense, who which has proved itself. I mean, what they did to Penix Jr. in Washington was impressive, I thought. I mean, I know that still, Penix still got his points, and they ended up losing that game, but I still thought that they stressed out Penix Jr. most of that game. And had him under pressure for most of it. And on the flip side of that coin, I I, I mean, Utah's defense, they did a great job with that quarterback, the Williams. But more importantly, I think that Barnes was a benefit of how bad the USC defense was. Or is, I should say. Not was, but is. And, And... and I think that goes to it. Now, I, I don't want to discount what he did because I think he still played a phenomenal game. But I think going in, it's an Oregon defense, which seems to be much much better coached as a, as a as a defense, um, and just a better front, better 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 just about everywhere on defense than USC. I don't know if Barnes is going to have just the same amount of success, but. Wow. There is definitely a possibility because their defense, I think, will slow down that running attack over again and make them somewhat one-dimensional.
2: I, I feel like Bo Nix is a better quarterback than Caleb Williams, too. I feel like they're a lot more balanced than USC. And Utah has not faced an offense like they're going to face Saturday. Oregon does it completely different than USC – Oregon is very methodical with their drives. They, t- in my opinion, they're a run base offense, and Bonix thrives off of the defense playing the run. He thrives on 10 to 15 yard passes, just that intermediate passing, quick post outs, quick hash mark, and shallows. And he, he hits those a lot, and it's been very successful for Oregon. So if Utah can come out there, and shut the run game down, I think Oregon would just stretch the field because they can definitely do that, and they've showed they can do that this season also. So Oregon really is a very dangerous team, and I've said it several times this season. I do think they're playing the best ball in the nation right now.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll roll with what you're saying on that too is – Utah hasn't played an offense like this yet. So we're we're really going to find out a lot about that Utah defense. So they look really incredible. This is going to be a whole nother challenge. And uh, again, Oregon, I I think they've got a great chance to make a a run here and and get into the playoff picture. And I think most of us feel that way uh, based on discussions earlier. Uh, Moving on, we got number 20 Duke at number 18 Louisville. Another another team here, uh, let's say Louisville, is a four-point favorite. Duke, Riley Leonard, what's his status? Obviously, they pulled him out of the end of the, the Florida State game. His ankle's obviously hurt a little bit, but he, he was ready to play. So, I don't know. I feel like at this point for for um, Duke, you've lost two games. You're 2-1 and one in the conference. You do have a chance to still make a run at the conference championship. If if Riley says he's good, man, let the guy play and just and see what his capabilities are. Uh, I mean, that's your best chance. It's not like you've lost three conference games already, you know. Put him in here; you still have a chance. If if you blow this one, then you know, sit him out, let him rest. Uh, you know, let him get healthy. So I, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 an interesting situation for Duke because they're I like this team a lot. They're strong. They're uh, they're balanced. They have a really powerful defense. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I, I'd i say let him play and go get the win against Louisville because I think it's definitely a winnable game for Duke. Without him, though, i definitely worry
1: for him. Yeah, I like Duke in this. Or, not. I, I actually like Louisville in this. I take that back. But to speak to Duke and what you were saying before, Brennan, is that in the words of the great Herb Brooks, can he hurt it any worse than it's already hurt? If the answer is no, then let the kid play. If he can't hurt himself any further than what it is outside of another injury on a different part of his body or whatever. Like, I mean, if it's a sprained ankle, it's a sprained ankle. As long as he can't hurt it any further, and he'll just be in some pain, if he's wanting to deal with that pain, then let the kid play. Um, You know, I mean, of course, if there's, like, risk of, like, Oh, he's got a strained tendon somewhere. It could tear if he plays. Then that's a different thing altogether. But if he's not playing, Duke ain't got a chance. That court, he's just he's just night and day difference from the backup quarterback at Duke. To the difference between those two is ridiculous. The talent pool drops far off. When let Riley gets out, comes out, and that backup quarterback comes in, you can see the whole team gets they, they just you could just see it. So, I'm gonna lean towards the side that Louisville, being a complete unit for the most part, um, don't doesn't have very many injuries. They, I think they have a couple, but nothing major. Um, I just I, I see that Louisville should be able to handle this, but it should be a close game though, because I, I Duke Duke's defense does does ball out most most games that they play.
2: Yeah, I wish that I could tell the future and know if Riley Leonard was playing or not, because that would one hundred percent sway how I picked this game. But Louisville statistically has one of the best rush defenses in the country and they have faced good rushing teams like Notre Dame and held them. So Duke is a run-heavy team, and Riley Leonard feeds off of that. Without Riley Leonard, I don't see Duke having much of an opportunity here. I really like Louisville in that game if Riley Leonard does not play.
0: Yeah, and – like last week, he was a game time decision set. And then right before the game said, oh, no, he's not setting up, suiting up. And then, you know, during the game, like right at kickoff, they're like, okay, he's he's it. They're ready. And, you know, like Blake said last week, it was because he was begging the coach. So we'll see what happens. You know, at this point, it's uh, it's hard to tell with, what, what you know, college in there, you know, injury reports and what the actual rules are for declaring somebody out or doubtful or, you know, uh, probable, whatever. So we'll, we'll see what happens on that one. Uh, <laughs> another game here. It's, it's funny because I'm in a chat with the Tennessee fan and Kentucky fan. Neither one of them think they're going to win. Uh, and that's the next game we're talking about. Negative, uh, <laughs> number 21, Tennessee and, and Kentucky. Tennessee's only three-and-a-half-point favorites here. Strange spread to me because I I still don't think Kentucky's that good uh, to be even close to Tennessee this year. Uh, And Tennessee's, again, they're not bad, but they've got problems on offense. So it's, again, going to be two teams coming off losses. Kentucky uh, Kentucky had a bye week. Uh, So it's just it's one of those what's going to happen with the offense on Tennessee. Uh, to me it's the same story each week for them can Milton do what he needs to do he did it in the first half of last week then that defense brought pressure on him and he started misfiring so it's up to Kentucky defense pressuring Milton again
1: look at the end of the day I'm gonna make this really quick because this is all these teams deserve um it, it it's Look, if Kentucky can find a running game, they can maybe have a chance. But they're not going to find a running game because they just aren't that good. So I mean, it's really that simple. Uh, Tennessee's got enough talent and enough big big bodies to to stop the run. And um, Milton, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, everybody gets lucky a few times a year. Uh, so he might be able to throw a pass for a completion on time and where it's supposed to go. Um, but God, this might be a train wreck of a game to watch, to be honest with you. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it, it, that's, that's all I really say about this game. I just think you if you can, can do a running game, it'll be, it'll be a good game. If they can't, it'll be a blowout. Well,
2: it depends on if Kentucky has what Tennessee fans would refer to as the 12th man. Because apparently now the the referees are after Tennessee for whatever reason. They've just honed in and they're like, nope, we're not going to let Tennessee be mediocre at best is what they are. So they're garbage, they're trash, they're filthy. They they low down, they dirty, they some snitches. And uh, and I don't really – I'm not going to say anything – positive about Tennessee at all because I don't like them at all in any way fashion shape or form. So I'm just gonna cover Kentucky and I hope to God Kentucky wins this game. I really do and uh, that I'd like to see that uh, suicide prevention hotline be on speed dial across Tennessee Saturday <laughs> so I'm it's obvious who I'm rooting for. Not so much who I'm picking, but who I'm rooting for. Uh, go Wildcats.
0: Sounded like uh, Dabo Sweeney with that comment.
2: <laughs> hey, man. Uh, hey. The danglers. The danglers. <laughs> oh, where, I, my feet can't reach the chair. Jeez. <laughs>
0: Trevor, you got anything here, buddy? <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to cruise out, out of this one and get on down. The line to don't old. Don't be
2: afraid. <laughs>
0: no, yeah. Don't be afraid. Just do it. Oh look, he's flying um, from the other guys. If you haven't seen that, uh, either way, number three, Ohio State uh, at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, they're fourteen and half point dogs, baby. Uh, to me, I, I I really worry about Wisconsin here. Obviously, Mordecai's out. They found a way to win last week, though. Uh obviously it's Illinois and they've Altmeyer and them, they've had a horrible season for Illinois. Uh so Ohio State, they're they're going into a tough place to play. McCord did play really well last year. I still worry about their offensive line and running game. Wisconsin, they're just gonna have to really eat this clock, keep uh Ohio State off the field, and hope they can find a way to score. Get get Allen rolling.
2: There is no chance for the Badgers here. I'm sorry, Casper. It's not going to happen. Ohio State, they're, they're going to – is going to be ugly. I hope it's not, though. I hope Wisconsin beats them, but I just don't see it happening.
1: This is the last chance for the country. The country will be rooting for Wisconsin this weekend. I guarantee it. This is the last chance. This is the last chance before the Michigan game that people can just be – watch Ohio State crumble lose and nobody have to worry about seeing the Ohio state symbol at the top four so uh, everybody be rooting for Wisconsin probably this weekend except for maybe some a few folks in Ohio I don't, I don't think even Ohio state fans like each other um, so yeah um, but on a real more real note I really do think that there is a chance that Wisconsin in Wisconsin uh, shocks them a bit Um and I think Wisconsin has a better defense than what they've shown this year, but I don't know if they're going to be able to slow down. See, the, the whole thing is, is I don't think McCord's a good quarterback. I really don't. I think he is a product of that wide receiving core. That wide receiving core makes that guy look so good because they make the throws that he has to make very easy because they're most of the time getting so much separation that it's not even a contested throw half the time. So that's just my opinion I mean, I think that I think the wide receiving core for Ohio State is going to carry them a ways, but I think that at the end of the day, the the real matchup will be in November 25th for them. So, but I think there is a chance that Wisconsin pulls out some, some shockers here.
0: You never know with Camp Randall. It is a tough place to play. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they get a hair about them and figure out a way to, to take down Ohio State since, uh, Crying Ryan Day and, and the team are more focused on Michigan right now. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, next <laughs> the next one, I, I really didn't think we were going to talk about Colorado again for a little while, but I just wanted to bring this game up because I saw it on there, and I was like, they're playing at number 23 UCLA. UCLA, UCLA is 17-point favorites here. And then, of course, Colorado had, had that game last week. Uh, and they got blown blown out on the back side of, of the the game there and and Stanford came back and beat them, man. And uh so so this is one I, I just wanted to bring up because I would love to see UCLA just go out and dominate. <laughs> but I think this is one that Colorado probably is gonna win. I I don't know. I, I've got a feeling here. UCLA I have the
2: same feeling.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I think they're gonna Dude, they're gonna make an upset. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think that Vegas is on crack because even if you think that they're gonna lose to UCLA, there is no way in hell that offense ain't gonna keep it within 17 points.
2: Yeah, I mean UCLA's had a solid defense this year,
1: mm-hmm. but Colorado is explosive. Colorado just finds a way. Every weekend they always seem to find a way to put up points.
0: Yeah, and it, again, it's, you know, Shadur Sanders is still having an incredible year. I mean, 21 touchdowns, three picks. I don't care what anybody, the dude's a great player. Travis Hunter's obviously a great player. So, you know, how, how are they, how is that UCLA defense going to hold up? And uh, Dante Moore, you know, quarterback, freshman, he should have a better time against this type of defense because we, we know Colorado's defense is not very good. Same with their running game. So it's just going to be, Sanders airing this thing out the whole damn game. <laughs> but it, it's I think it's going to be a lot closer than the spread suggests. Uh, number 11, uh, Oregon State, the beeves man. I, my dark horse from the Pac-12. They're they're so close to getting in that top 10, man. And uh, I don't know if they're going to make it this week, boys. They got a tough Arizona team co- – or, excuse me, they're going to see Arizona. It's only a three-point favorite for for the Beeves, man, so – Arizona, they're prime. They're ready. They've they've almost beaten Washington. They've almost beaten USC. I think Oregon State is definitely better than USC, uh, but it's going to be a very close game. The little Fafita, our our boy. Uh, I, I know Blake's going to butter him up a little bit. You know, throw some peppers on him. But uh, go ahead. <laughs> He's ready. I really for it.
2: like empanada, uh, and I like Arizona. But as much as I do like the team, I think this is their biggest mismatch that they'll face just because of how balanced Oregon State is. They have not really faced a balanced attack this year. It's always the high-end passing like Washington, USC, and they haven't had any trouble with that. But what they haven't seen is a very well-balanced offense with a – Good quarterback. He's not elite like Michael Penix or I wouldn't say Caleb Williams is elite, but he's classified that. You know, so just for the conversation's sake, we'll say it. But ukulele's just more of your typical game manager, do just enough to get it done, kind of quarterbacks. But they have a very good running game and a passing game that can pick you apart if their running game is successful. So I really do like Arizona, and I do think this could go either way. I just give a slight edge to Oregon State just because of how balanced they are. But, you know, like I said, it's a coin flip for one of these.
1: Yeah, I give all the props in the world to Arizona for the season they've had so far and the almost and the can't quite pull it out. But um, I think DJ's just going to have their number. I think he's going to pick them apart. I just, I just have that feeling. I don't know. I feel like the the hype train is starting to get up higher and higher on Arizona, and like it's not even gotten started really for Oregon State, which is funny to me because I mean I think Oregon State's been pretty, playing really good ball. Um. So I, I don't know. I I like Oregon State in this one. I think they will cover the three points, but um it's not going to be an easy game. Arizona's got a pretty good all-around offense. So there's there's not much to say other than that I think DJ's got this. But <laughs> but but um, nothing's guaranteed.
0: No, it's definitely not. And, again, uh, Oregon State's loss was to Washington State 38-35. That was, a, that was a tough game. But it's still with the way that you know Washington State's been playing lately. Have they just fallen off? So it, it makes me wonder a little bit about Oregon State. Um, but again, they beat a they beat a good uh, Utah defense. But at that time, Utah's offense hadn't come into form. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, jury still feels a little bit out for me on Oregon State. But I, you can see how balanced they are. It's just how good are they across the board. We'll we'll find out. Uh, I think this is going to be a really good test. I know Arizona's four and three, two and two in the conference, but this Arizona team is good, and I think a lot of teams probably wouldn't want to have them on their schedule right now. They might, you know, feel confident against them, but they're definitely prepping a lot more for this than they would against California or you know who else out on the back Stanford. You know, uh, even though Colorado probably should have paid attention because their defense is trash. So. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens, boys. And uh, with that said, I think we're going to get into our picks here and and uh, get those knocked out. Uh, for those of you that that like to uh, tail along and, and see what we're thinking, uh, we got better last week. The week before, not so much. So, uh, boys, let's have a good week on this one. What about uh, Oklahoma and Kansas? What's your what's your feel on this one, boys?
2: I'm going to go with Oklahoma.
1: As much as I want to hang with my dark horse just one more time, <laughs> I just cannot see the bean Matic doing it. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm gonna just. I you know what? I'm just gonna go OU and they're gonna cover those points.
0: Yeah, I think Dylan Gabriel is gonna be just too much. Uh, he's a he's a really good quarterback. So I'm going with OU as well.
1: Clemson, NC State. I'm going to roll with Clemson. Same. Clemson. It's just not going to be. It's not. I'm sorry. I, I wanted to believe. I even circled NC State as an upset possibility. and I just immediately changed my mind. So I'm like, I'm not. No, I want to actually have a win this week.
0: Yeah, they're all, <laughs> their offense <laughs> has just been so abysmal for NC State. So I, I, I think Clemson is going to get this win. But it, it, it might be sloppy early. I don't know. Uh, Florida, Georgia, the world's largest cocktail party outside. I don't know. Great great people,
2: Georgia. The dogs, give them to me.
1: Man, if I was just picking about when it comes to the points, I'd be like, I think Florida covers the points, but um but just wins and losses I I don't I, I just I have a hard time picking against UGA at this point. I mean, I know they've struggled a few games, but <laughs> I don't think I think their players are going to get up for this one cuz I'm sure they've heard most of the season well, you don't play anybody until Florida. So, I, I think that you you're going to see the best UGA that you've seen probably this year this weekend. Yeah.
0: And uh coming off a of bye week too, so uh, you got a chance here for to, to really anchor down your your game plan. I think George is going to spank them, and uh, yeah, it's it's how does that defense hold up? I think Florida's offense is going to have a chance to to score with them, but uh, early, but later on, I think they're just going to get worn down on defense and it'll be too much. Uh, BYU Texas.
2: I am taking Texas.
1: I will take the Longhorns. I, I'm not – no, I'm not. I need to try to make that, – that's not the game I want to make up ground with. <laughs> try to make up ground with that one. Sorry, I'm not putting my money on BYU. I oh, think I'm going to go – come on, I B. I think <laughs> I'm going to go with BYU
0: in this one. I, I, I don't know. Losing your quarterback – I know it's at home. Ah, oh, man. That's it, it's tough.
1: Do it. Do
0: it. They've got a really good running game, though. Uh, Texas does. So, you know what? I'm going BYU, baby. Yeah, L- L- hey, t- I talked wow. into
1: it. You heard it here first.
0: <laughs> I, it's probably <laughs> stupid. I know. But, uh, you know, comebacks don't happen easy, baby. So... We got to we got to try somewhere. (laughs) Uh, up, Pete, I'm screwed. Uh, Next one, we got Oregon and the Utes in uh, Uh, in the Great Salt Lakes, man. Beautiful area. By
1: far, in my opinion, the the hardest game to pick, right? Mm -hmm. Hands down. Oh God, that's America. (sighs) I'm going to go Oregon. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm here thinking like, man, am I going to pit the Utes right now? God, really, I hate you, Blake, for having same brain syndrome right now with me because
2: <laughs> I think it's going to change for the us here in a few minutes.
1: Yeah, it probably will. It probably will. Uh, I'm going to go with Oregon as well.
0: I would I would love nothing more than to see Utah do it, just because I like Utah. I like the state. I like the mountains. I like Salt Lake City uh you know the ogden area they've got you know they've got some uh, zaxby's up there so i i, I
1: respect that um you know they got zaxby's here here in alabama too right man? yeah but
0: when i lived in washington they didn't they didn't have fried chicken places so that was the closest name spot and me and me and my uh my great buddy would all the a, shrimp
1: you could ask for
0: yeah <laughs> shrimp's great you know oysters you know if they're cooked right but uh no fried chicken, man. So Ogden. Either way, there's a car trip in there from from Fort Sill up to Ogden uh for that's that's deep that's deep memory stuff. Uh but either way, I'm going to go Oregon here. Uh, they just I think their offense is going to be too much uh especially dealing with with Bryson Barnes at quarterback and I don't know if he's going to have enough in the tank to get this one done. Uh Duke Louisville.
2: This is the one that I think is the hardest because um, it's it's literally risking it based on whether or not Riley Leonard plays. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he ends up playing, and I'm going to take Duke.
1: And I'm going to go the opposite side and go, I guess you could say, the safer route, and I'm going to go Lul, since they are my dark horse, so I'm at least going to stick with one of my dark horses.
0: Yeah. Louisville's a tough one, man.
1: Uh, They're a tough one to peg down, to be honest with you, because they have played just, like like they've. It's been a roller coaster with yeah. the way they played this year.
0: And getting getting beat like that by Pitt, and then a bye week, so you're sitting on that loss. I it, you could be extra motivated out of it, or you know you let it linger and you let that loss beat you twice. So I, I'm gonna go with Duke, and uh, I think their defense is strong enough to hold them. Uh, Tennessee and Kentucky. It's uh, one of those, again, three-point three, three point spread. It's not big.
1: The referees.
0: <laughs> Are they in the room with you right now?
1: Are they in the room
0: with you?
2: <laughs> maybe Saban, when he handed them that check, maybe it covered the Kentucky game too. Who knows? Maybe,
1: maybe. Maybe we should all just pick Kentucky and it's an easy win. <laughs> I wish, do.
2: but. <laughs> I gotta go with uh the thug snitch dirty vols. <laughs>
0: oh man. Uh, yeah, I'll go
1: with the hood rats too.
0: All right. Tennessee. Man, yeah, Tennessee's got this one. I They do.
1: They're,
0: I, 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 they're it, gonna it, be too good. Uh, Kentucky's just not they don't have the offense to do it.
1: Sorry. Kentucky's a one hit wonder, folks. <laughs> oh. They had one game where they rushed for 200 plus yards and never did it. They're not going to do it again.
0: Uh, Ohio State and
1: Wisconsin.
2: The Buckeyes.
1: I'm going to, do you know what? You got to change it at some point. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I, I think I did it last week, too. i wish wishing a prayer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wisco, come on, Wisco. I'll want, oh, I want to take the Badgers. Man. I'll take the Badgers for the upset.
0: Gutsiest move I ever saw, Mav. <laughs> Serious, man. <laughs> God bless. I get OSU in this one, man. OSU. Uh, whiskey, I think Whiskey does have a chance, but Ohio State's just going to be a little too strong. Colorado, UCLA.
2: Who? <sighs> That's a hard one here, because I'm like you. I really got a gut feeling. I'm gonna let Trevor go first.
1: Give me the buffs. <laughs> I want them. I want oh, the You're buffs. going with it.
2: Oh I man,
1: I don't trust. <sighs> I don't. I don't trust that offense. I don't trust UCLA at all.
2: I don't either. That's the thing. But Colorado's defense is trash. And UCLA can get if they can get going. I mean, look what they did to Washington State. I mean, yeah, that if, being
1: said, the past few weeks, I mean, Washington State has not exactly shown its best its its best form that we've seen this year, either. So it's just, it just makes me wonder how good they really are. If it was just all for show, well, Cam Ward's not all for show. He's legit. it's yeah. just the rest of that team.
2: I'm going to I'm going to go with UCLA. I'm gonna, I'm going to give them that home field advantage.
0: It's so tough cuz UCLA does have a good defense. Colorado cannot run very effectively, but they can pass really well. Man, I don't know. At the I think at the beginning of the show I was really leaning towards UCLA. But I feel like I feel like Beyond he's gonna get a he's gonna upset this team. I don't know. I I think uh, yeah, going Colorado.
1: Man, I swear, I swear, if 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 he's the coach of them next year, I'm gonna get like some knuckles that say Prime right here. And every time I pick one, <laughs> I'm just gonna throw them up on the camera. There you go.
2: <laughs> <It's>
1: <laughs> we'll no hold you to it, Colorado man. Colorado Buffaloes. It's Colorado Primes. There you
0: go. Uh, last <laughs> match up here for the usual 10 cuz I got a surprise one for you. We're going to do Oregon State here and Arizona. Who you guys got on this one?
2: I'm still out with the jury on this one right now. I'm going sure. to take I think Arizona's
1: going to get it done. Ooh, I disagree. <laughs> Going for the uh, Beavs, baby. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with DJ and the Beavs. I, think I almost to disagree too. That. Is
2: the thing <laughs> uh, you almost disagree with yourself? Yeah, <laughs> but so I really like I really like uh, Fafito at running that offense, and uh, it's a different team since he's taken over.
0: Hey, they can I mean, run no too, arguing. man. They they've got a good running back, so. I'm going it's going to
1: be a good game. Honestly, I think this this one's going to be a really good game. A lot better than probably what people think it's going to be.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be tight, just like the other ones then. Uh, but I've got Arizona winning in the end. This is an extra points game. Doesn't count towards mm-hmm. uh, anything you people are, are maybe doing. But it does count for us, okay? We're writing it down. We're marking it. It's, you guys, don't, we don't know anything about these teams. I mean, we do because we've been talking about you know teams all year, but – we haven't looked at it this week. We haven't scouted it. We haven't had our spies and our uh, elaborate network letting us know, you know, anything. So, South Carolina, Texas a Oh my god! <laughs> Trevor's favorite people. <laughs> oh
1: my god! Who you did? You picked him in spite of me. I know it. I know you did that. I'm making you pick, man.
0: You said you were done with them.
1: I'll right. take Texas A&M. I'll, I'll take the other team. I (laughs) don't know if they came I didn't even even hear the other team. but (laughs) I'll take them. (laughs) The hatred. Deep, The one with
0: zero offensive line. Oh, yeah, there
1: we go. The no offensive line. We'll take them. (laughs) We'll take take them.
0: All right. Spencer Redman
1: doing it by himself. Cheers.
0: So so this is, to me, a wonderful game because you've got Texas A&M's defensive front, which is really good going off, going after a horrible offensive line, but then you have Spencer Radler going against a horrible secondary that's been gashed multiple times. Not saying they're horrible at, you know, they're talentless; they're not bad people. They're horrible at tackling, they're horrible at coverage. So what a secondary is meant to
1: so do. Pretty much they're, the, the sport that they've chosen to play, they're terrible at. Yeah, just yeah. I was trying to be nice. But either way,
0: what a matchup. Horrible offensive line versus a great D line. And then a really good quarterback and rather versus a porous secondary. So, I, I, all, all bars are uh, off on this one. I'm going, I think Texas A&M is going to get it because you got to have an offensive line. And, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. So rather might throw for 400 and still lose. So, <laughs> well,
1: possible.
0: Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens on that one. So, that's our, that's our games of the week. Uh, picks, you know, follow along. Let us know yours when, uh, you know, we'll, we'll post our graphics here down the line uh, this week. We're going to do our gridlocks now. Guys, do you have your gridlocks of the week picked out?
1: Not really. But, uh, I'm gonna I do. One. Doing
0: but it before, on the fly. Alright.
2: I've got a couple picked out. So before I state mine, I'm just going to ask you straight up. Is yours Arizona?
0: It is not.
2: It, it is not.
0: not. I want to. But it's not.
2: I know. That's, that's me. I've got, I've Going got three. Going off the block. I've got three picked that I really like. <clears throat> but that's what I'm sitting here looking at, trying to pick the one right now.
1: Well, I'll well, tell you mine. It is tough. It and is really tough.
0: It is a team that has fallen off our radar. Wyoming. <laughs> they are five points. Uh, that was –
2: yeah, over Bo- five Boise. point that dogs was one of my to picks. Boise State. Okay,
0: it's going to be a tough Good. one, though. It's it's tough, but uh, I I'm going to Wyoming right, to get to get my, back in that dub. I picked mine, right. and plus I need some damn points too. So if they get this yeah. as plus five, then I, you know I'll get my get my plus four points.
2: Yeah. All right. So did you pick yours,
1: Blake? Or you want me to go?
2: You can. I mean, I'm. I'm
1: Go ahead. You're still deciding. Okay, I'll go. All right. <clears throat> um, let's see here. Um, well, it's still out of the picks that we are, or the games that we already talked about. But I'm gonna go with Oregon locking it in for the win against Utah.
2: Oregon over Utah. All right. Hold on now. What was the spread on so, that game?
1: Sorry, this you can't six do and that a half one. here where I'm looking at. It's yeah, it over. So. A- Five. Yeah. Whatever. Then <laughs> learn the rules. <laughs> Sorry, we need, man, to get, we need to get. We need to
0: get an enforcement yeah, team so down funny. here and, uh, send... and uh, give me Louisville locked in
1: over Duke. All right. Sounds good.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to half, take that's
1: not even a freaking touchdown. That should count. That should count. That's <laughs> a first <post-printing laughs> game.
2: <laughs> I'm going to take. West Virginia over Central Florida.
0: West Virginia, what's their spread on
2: that one? Six and a half for Central Florida.
0: So UCF is six and a half point. Two.
2: Yep. Sorry. So I'm taking West Virginia.
0: All right. That's, again, going for the big pointers there, man. You're, you're hitting them mostly this year, too. So, uh, well, I was between buddy.
2: that one. I was between Arizona and Oregon State i had no, uh no, no, I Wyoming Hang on. and also eastern michigan over western michigan okay but i don't know much about the eastern michigan team and i know west yeah. virginia is decent so i'll i'll take them
0: i tell you a good one too uh unlv fresno state yeah all six and one teams fresno state seven and a half point favorites that's
2: I don't know. I'm shocked that uh, Central Florida is six and a half over West Virginia. Yeah. But I guess they're basing I, that just off of the Oklahoma performance.
1: It's got to be. Yeah, that's probably what's going on. So, uh, speaking now, yeah, hold a piece. Trevor, are you looking? Yeah, I'm going to make an amendment. <clears throat> okay. Amendment. <laughs> we'll allow it. Yeah. And it's probably going to end up a big, a, a big old L for this guy. <laughs> Lock me in for South Carolina beating Texas AM.
2: Ooh, he is so oh, big, going What's for that
0: Fourteen. Yeah, going
1: for that big, big Holy
0: spread, bro. Schnitz and Grooving, all right, it's <laughs> gone. What did you just say? Schnitz and Grooving, man. It's uh, fifteen is my limit, baby. Oh, it's from Blazing Saddles, man. Come on,
1: <laughs> I know that's why I'm laughing, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, South Carolina fourteen and a half point dogs, son. I respect it, or fourteen points straight up. All right, we got them written down, locked in. No more changes. No more changes. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it for the week, guys. That's our coverage here on on week nine. We got some uh, some of the big teams up top. They've got some bye weeks. We've got off the field trouble going on. We got good games this week. We got we got uh, our pickems at least really uh, crowded in the back end. So who knows what the final tally is going to be? Trevor, what you got?
1: So I wanted to throw this out there because it just popped into my head, and I figured I'll just throw it out there before we wrap everything up. Who is y'all's one player to watch this weekend? One player that you expect to make the biggest impact this weekend? All right, you put me on the spot. spot, (laughs) On the spot, try to come up with one.
0: Why don't you tell us yours first, all right? Okay, no
2: problem.
1: I, you I show will. me
0: yours, I'll show you mine, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I will. I think it's going to be Spencer Rowler. Let's
1: compare. I think he's going to have the biggest game this weekend. I think Spencer, Spencer Rutherford is going to go off and shock the world and take down Texas A&M on his own. He's going to run the offense. He's going to be the running back, the quarterback, the offensive lineman. You know, no big deal. But I, I think he's going, right. to be, he's going to have a really big weekend. <clears throat> all right.
0: Like you got one?
2: Uh, not yet. Give me – you know what? Noah Fafita. Give me the, there give me the empanada. There you go. Give me Ampanada.
0: The old steaming fajita, baby. Let's, Let's go. Try,
2: baby. The steam like fajita. It. There
0: you go, man. Empanada. There you go. All right. Mine is Graham Mertz.
1: Yes. I Ooh, want to see a very how good he play. plays that's a very against
2: –
0: a very good defense and see if this team is a lot different than week one, Florida, Utah. I know they still, I still think they would probably lose to Utah, uh, but it'd be a lot closer. And uh, I want to see how he plays against this Georgia defense. So that that's my guy. Absolutely. That's hey, a let's great, not great
2: forget game. that Florida, Utah game. They could, they left points on that field from dropped passes. They had three or four deep balls, that were walk in touchdowns that they just dropped. Yeah. So, and yeah, I've said it multiple true. times. Florida is not a bad football team.
0: They just, you know, they got shredded that that week against uh, Kentucky on the ground, and that was everybody's like, "Oh, hey, what the hell?" Mm-hmm. So we'll, yeah, we're going to see about them.
1: So, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I, I didn't mean to put y'all on the spot, but no, I, I love I, it. The, the reason the reason I wanted to ask it, the reason I wanted to ask it, and I'm just putting it out there for everyone else is that this will be a, a que- the, the question of the week uh, on our Spotify when we post this episode. Um, uh, you'll see that down below there's a little Q&A thing, and it, this this will be your, the question is, who's the one player you're to watch this weekend in your opinion or whatever? Um, and it'll be on the Spotify thing for you all to respond. So we encourage you to do so, or at least throw it up on our uh, uh, social medias.
0: Yeah, I, I dig You. That's that was a really good question, and uh, I like the on the spot stuff too, because uh, yep. it like, adds another Sweat layer. a little bit, exactly, and just like uh, onions have layers, so do ogres. And uh, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with that one, but it just I had to say it.
2: You're an so, ogre, Brendan's Yeah, an maybe ogre. you know
0: I I am, especially if this Michigan keeps dragging on. Uh, let me drag in something else. All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna get on out of here tonight. It's it's getting late, so uh, either way, we appreciate you guys and uh, yeah, just holler at us on social media. All right, we're we're there. We love talking football. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Thank you guys again. Y'all have a good night.
1: Peace out.